Well, what's up, Michigan? My name is Lauren Plant, flying solo right here at the beginning uh, as I welcome you to another edition of State Champs Hangtime Michigan podcast. This is presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity NAIA collegiate sports at Lawrence Tech, including men's basketball. Recruit yourself by going to ltuathletics.com and clicking on the Recruit Yourself link. The men's basketball team is 12-10 and 10 this season, but 9-1 and one at home. We're looking for the next set of Blue Devils. So, recruit yourself. Academic and athletic scholarships are on the table at Lawrence Tech. Hangtime Michigan is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSA needs officials, people. It's a great a way to get some part-time pay. You can stay connected to the game that we all love. Visit MHSAA.com for details. The Michigan Army National Guard is the f- the official military supporter of the MHSAA and a supporter of Hangtime, as are the great physical therapy and sports medicine professionals with the Detroit Medical Center. Check out our Game Changers segments on the network. Great tips on making you a better, faster, stronger, healthier athlete. These are quick segments and even some quizzes chock full of really great information. The entire playlist is on our State Champs Network social media pages, our State Champs YouTube channel, or you can go to our website, statechampsnetwork.com. And remember, if you're pain, uh, in pain or injured for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash game changers. You cannot get better care anywhere. Okay, guys, so this is the companion podcast to our State Champs Michigan Hangtime Digital Show. Uh, TJ Kelly's not with us for this segment, but joining us for this week's Chalk Talk, sponsored by the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, is the head coach of the Oxford Wildcats, Steve Laidlaw. And coach, uh, for those who are watching this now, they have no idea of what we tried to do to actually make this interview happen, but... Uh, it's it's here, and I thank you for your time. Thank you very much. If there's a will, there's a way. That's right. We got it figured out, and uh, that's a great line too. If there's a will, there's a way, because uh, every everyone everything is moving forward at Oxford now. I have to say, it was great filming uh, the game on Friday night. Um, talk about a long time coming. The first home game of the season. Uh, had to feel good for you, the team, the school, the students. Can you just talk about how, on a personal level, you took in the atmosphere, and even though Berkeley went home the victors, uh, that comeback in the third created a huge charge of electricity. And what was the entire night like for you uh, and the community? Well, the entire night was one that you know I think everyone looked forward to, especially the kids. That was the one thing that that the kids. Um, kids, as in my players, made perfectly clear to me, you know, when we talked about getting back to the building, we talked about school, and they said, Coach, we can't wait to play on our gym. And, um, you know, we were able, fortunate to go to the arena, Rochester College, for some neutral site games, but the other nine games prior to that were all on the road. Right. And um, fortunately, fortunately, the other schools were hospitable toward, toward working out our schedule. But it's just something we were looking forward to and seeing all the crowd, seeing, you know, seeing the environment and everyone was really excited and the crowd was magnificent. One, one of our best, you know, from an attendance that, that I've seen in my 13 years there. So it was just crazy. The kids really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that terrible tragedy took place right at the start of basketball season. Uh, you know, it was at the end of December. It was just a couple weeks before your first game. Can you just uh, talk a little bit about how you and the entire team kind of just rallied and maybe what did you guys learn about yourselves and, and for them the power of resiliency? Well, well, that was the thing. You know, it occurred November 30th. We were into our third week of, of practices, doing incredibly well, just had a scrimmage. And then a tragedy hit. Um, we met as a team the next day, and we just made a point that we were going to try to bring joy, peace, and hope to our team. And then we just embraced the responsibility that we had as a team and as a school to heal the community. And, and that was such a big part of it Friday night. If people can see us happy and doing something that we love, they can heal as well, especially the parents that were yeah. so concerned about, about their own children. Yeah, absolutely. And if I understand it right, you've been coaching high school basketball, I think, for over 25 years now. Uh, you know, can you just kind of talk a little bit about we've been doing this with all the coaches we've been interviewing this year. Uh, talk about your journey in the coaching ranks. Like, where'd you start? Who was maybe one of or two of your biggest influences in coaching as you were coming up? And and from what I understand, this isn't your first stint at Oxford, correct? No, no. No, this is this is my second stint, and um, well, I, I've been fortunate. I've been truly blessed to, to be around some really great coaches. Um, I started as a football coach, so under under Bud Raleigh. Oh wow! Okay. And, um, yeah, and then one of my other influences is you know who the gym is named after, Ian Smith. He was my right. JV coach, and somebody I picked his brain on. But I was really fortunate to um, work six years at Avondale, and over three of the years I worked with Tim Morton. Who, who's been a, a really good role model for me and, and someone to learn, you know, that, that the game's so much more than, than the scoreboard. And in a situation that I'm dealing with now, the scoreboard is kind of immaterial. It, right. It's something much, much bigger. So those are, those are some of the, the key people that play, played a prominent role in, in my coaching career. But, yes, I have, I have coached high school basketball for 30 years. Well, there you go. Uh, what brought you back to Oxford? Um, the main thing that brought me back was just an opportunity to um, to work back in my my you know place where I graduated from. I'm, my my daughters are, and one of my daughters now is a girls varsity coach at Oxford. Um, okay. They're they're fourth generation Oxford graduates. Wow. Um, so my roots at Oxford are, are very deep and very strong. It was just a way to get back to the community, um, and it's been, it, it has been an incredible blessing these last six years of second stint, and the first stint was awesome as well. Yeah, and I've noticed that at the school, Zach Lyon being back, you know, uh, coaching at, at his, you know, after all his success, uh, is pretty impressive. Uh, and um, this year's team, you guys are six and six right now, three and one. Uh, in the OAA Blue at the time of this recording, preparing for another home game on Thursday versus another league opponent, uh, Birmingham Seaholm. Um, so tell me a little bit about you know this team, how you guys have uh, gelled over the course of uh, the 12 games you've played so far. Well, we you know obviously we got off to a slow start, dealing with a lot of emotions that right. <laughs> that high school yeah. kids shouldn't have to deal with. Right. And while the, the rest of the state was playing games, we weren't even practicing. You know, we were on pause, you know, trying to find facilities. Um, fortunately, you know, I was able to use the UWM sports complex 
Um, Matt Ishbia is very gracious in, in allowing us to do that. And um, we got off to a slow start because so many teams were playing games before we were, but um, we were three and five at one time playing nothing but non-conference games. And, and um, I just said, hey guys, let's reset this season. <laughs> you know, we're starting with our conference games. We're um, home games are right on the horizon. Let's, let's just reset. We're zero and zero. And since we've done that, we have played really, really well, you know, outside of that first half of Berkeley, the last four games. And um, so we're still right in the, in the hunt for the for the division championship and that's been our goal so um, we reset the season we're playing much better and um, we're very optimistic about our last eight regular season games you're a six seven power forward there uh, Bryce asked me to talk about the comeback in Berkeley you know he had an incredible third quarter really uh, helped uh, uh, spur you know to get you guys down within one um, he seems like one of those real energy guys that uh, if he starts you know getting on a roll that uh, it maybe carries over it's a little infectious to the other players yes he's a very infectious personality um, he's our best player he's our leading scorer leading rebounder and um, captain our most experienced player and he just started you know making some plays in the post um, extending our possessions with offensive rebounds and then once we got it going I mean we were just relentless on the glass so he played a really big part of that comeback yeah and it looks he's like you really had a really senior year yeah he is no no doubt and I, I bet on a lot of maybe college's radar now uh starting to really you know make himself uh, make a name for himself uh you've got a freshman on the team a freshman guard I believe who's uh yes. Kavanaugh right who's who uh you know I noticed he had he showed some real flashes well you you'll remember this name Jake his name's Jake Champagne Champagne um, that's right I'm sorry father, yeah his father is um John Champagne who played at, at Oakland with his twin brother. So yeah, Gosh. Jake's a freshman. That's the first first time I've had a a freshman play um, this early on varsity, and he's right. he's been everything everything that we wanted him to be. He's been outstanding this year, and, well, and getting better as the season progresses. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you one final question. It's kind of a poll that we've been doing. Uh, all season long, and uh, you obviously have a lot of years uh, on the bench, so you, I'm sure, have some good thoughts on this. It's on the shot clock. Uh, we've seen several trials with this uh, this season already, and and in the past, and some showcases. Would you like to see like a shot clock implemented in Michigan high school basketball? And if so, why and or why not? Yes, absolutely. Um, sometimes you play some teams when you're say you get down by 10 points in the fourth quarter, even early fourth quarter, it's over. And you do a shot clock, even if it's 35 seconds. Right. Um, I just think it will change the dynamics of the game. I think it will increase the, um, the skill set of the coaches. And um, I think it would be absolutely fantastic for high school sports. All right. Well, Coach, that's kind of been uh, the recurring theme is that everybody's for it. So I think we're going to see more, uh, you know, more schools doing it, more options uh, for, you know, maybe at some point the MHSA tournament, which would be fantastic. So we'll see. But I want to thank you so much for coming on to Hang Time. Uh, you know, we're all rooting for you and uh, just good luck the rest of the season. Thank you very much. The support by the entire state's been awesome. And you guys have played a big part of it. Thank you very much. All right, Coach. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we thank Coach Laidlaw for coming on. And look who's joined me here in the podcast room. It is TJ Kelly. Uh, he was unable to be uh, in our interview. We had some technical difficulties uh, getting Coach Laidlaw on first. But uh, we 
it would not be a podcast unless we got into some rankings talk. But before we do that, I just want to tell you that the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's male and athlete. I'm going to start over. I'm just going to get right into it. All right, we thank you. Jesus. Here we go. We thank Coach Laidlaw once again for joining us here on the Hang Time Companion Podcast. TJ Kelly is here now inside the room. We had some technical difficulties getting Laidlaw uh, into our conversation. So uh, TJ is here for our ranking segment, and uh, of course we have to do that. And before I do that, I just want to tell you that the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards are seeking student-athletes to nominate right now. Are you an elite student-athlete, like first-team All-State? That's what we're looking for. You have good grades. You represent leadership for your team and your community. You could be nominated for the most prestigious high school award in the state. Who will join the likes of previous nominees in boys basketball like Cassius Winston, Foster Lawyer, David DeJulius, who I just have to say stepped away from basketball for a year because he had some mental health issues. He's at Cincinnati. Uh, He's back with the Bearcats having the best year of his career. So good for him. In fact, he just had a season-high 25 points versus Houston the other night. So uh, good to see DeJulius getting it done, the former East English Village prospect. Uh, Shane Battier was the first ever DAC Athlete of the Year award winner. So download the application at DACAthleteoftheyear.com. And we thank our newest supporter, the Goodman Acker Law Firm. During the most difficult times of your life at Goodman Acker, you work with the same attorney and team the entire length of your case. They fight for you just like they would a member of their own family. Experienced, ethical, aggressive. Mention you heard about Goodman Acker on State Champs. And they will provide you with a free assessment of your case. TJ's got one now. Goodman Acker. Good decision. Call 1-800-TRUSTED. We thank all of our partners in supporting the Hang Time podcast. Of course, I jest. Yeah, my toe. My big toe. All that ice out there, you know. Exactly. (laughs) All right, TJ, your latest rankings are up now at statechampsnetwork.com. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yes, sir. All right. We talked uh, all season long about how strong the Catholic League Central Division is. So many ranked in the top 10. You've had a chance to see them all multiple times. What is your prediction? At the end of it all, which team is going to be the last one standing? Right Right now. now. I think that you, in between University of Detroit Jesuit and Birmingham Brother or Bloomfield Hills Brother Rice, I just think that what they've done with Orchard Lake St. Mary's, and then they've also had wins against uh, Divine or excuse me, uh, Catholic Central and uh, Warren De La Salle. So, of course, you know, let let fate decide. So, yes, right. I think University of Detroit Jesuit uh, will more than likely be the the favorite. I could be wrong. I have been wrong before, and I own up to my wins as well as my losses, or at least I try to. But yeah, it's such a such a tough division. Um, you know, Pat Donnelly just does a, a great job of, of let's say, orchestrating from the from the sidelines. Um, you know, and not only that, you know, when when he gets on his guys for making mistakes, they step up. You know, they 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 own it, and uh, you know, got to see that uh, in their win versus at Orchard Lake St. Mary's last night. Yeah, or on and, Tuesday night. Yep, and I'll be seeing them uh, maybe wrap up the division against Detroit Catholic Central on Friday. Would you say Sonny Wilson best player in the division? In between, let's say this: I think Sonny Wilson is the the MVP 
of that division because if you take him off that team, right. I'm not necessarily sure where they are. I think that everybody else might be able to lose a player, but they would still have talent. Um, not saying the University of Detroit Jesuit doesn't right. have talent. But uh, that's right what now, a difference maker. Right now, Sonny Wilson just does a. He is the floor general, and he gets out there and uh, yeah, he's got some. He's got quite a few schools that are looking at him, and I think that everything will wind up. Uh, um, you know, as far as him being the number one player or most important player, MVP of the Catholic League, I think that you know the more of that will uh, come to fruition as he starts getting higher offers. Staying with predictions, PSL playoffs set to start. Who will be the kings of the city in 2022? I think the Detroit King. Uh, George Ward is doing a fantastic job, much like University of Detroit Jesuit, or let's say like Sonny Wilson. Uh, Chauncey Willis is an outstanding player, arguably the, the top player in the state. Um, and he just, where how, how Chauncey goes, so does King. And Chauncey has showed no vision of slowing down at all, and uh, yeah, the uh, the Crusaders are definitely rolling. I could see Cast Tech maybe. I could see Renaissance maybe because they've all had tight games. Um, but I think that this is King's year. You currently have a three-way logjam at number twenty-five in the state between River Rouge, Hudsonville, Unity Christian, and Clarkston. Fourteen teams on the cusp. Yes, that's wild. Yes, yeah, it, it's very wild. And so, one of the reasons I want you know, just as an innovator. Um, I'm just not sure if anybody's ever done it before to have three teams that are tied um, at number 25. Might have happened at number one, might have happened at number two, but never 25. Um, but, yeah, they're all very deserving. Uh, Got to move River Rouge up um, back into the rankings just because they did beat an undefeated uh, Warren Michigan Collegiate um, who they're undefeated and, you know, they're playing very well. Hudsonville Unity Christian. Uh, we've seen them at the Breslin Center before. I think that they've got a track record um, and undefeated, um, and they're undefeated. So, you know, you got to put them in. And then you got to love what is going on with Clarkston, even though they did lose to Rochester Adams. Um, I think that they're still figuring it out what's what's really going on. But, no, uh, Clarkston is such a dangerous team. Um, they usually don't lose at home. I think the last time they lost at Rochester Adams was – In football. <laughs> No, at home, <laughs> Fletcher Lawyer was a freshman, oh, and wow. Rochester Adams yeah. wound up defeating them, um, and that ended their uh, two-year title run. It's been a while. Yes, yeah, so it's been it's been a while, but yeah, uh, at the end of the day, I think Coach Wasilk is doing a great job. His nephew as well, uh, Keegan. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing Clarkston, uh, you know, in their battle for the OAA Red Championship. All right, well, guys, you got to check out TJ's rankings. He's got some good uh, explanations uh, on his teams, his reasons for his rankings. I think they're the best rankings, the preeminent rankings in the state well, of Michigan. You. you are welcome. Uh, but that's all the time we have for this week's Hangtime Michigan podcast. Please check out the Hangtime digital video talk show for recaps. TJ's takes where he's talking Division Four teams. He also uh, goes into Williamston and Parchment. Yes. This show. So uh, that show premieres Fridays all over the State Champs social media pages and the website statechampsnetwork.com as well as the free streaming app. Follow TJ Kelly on Twitter at ScoopIPS. I'm Lauren Plant. We will see you.